Be confident. Be bold. Be authentic. But don't forget to take action. This is Ordinary to Badass, where our stories empower women to step into the spotlight of their own lives and pursue what they're truly passionate about. It's time to step into the arena and become more than just extraordinary. It's time to become a badass with your host, Marie Sonneman. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass, episode number 155. In this episode, you're going to hear from Lori Wallace. She is an intuitive healer and transformation coach who helps women connect with their inner guidance so they can tap into their power and create a life of their dreams. She is a host of the bad, not a host, a host. She's a host of the Badass Lady Club um, podcast that's dedicated to celebrating how badass it is to heal what hurts so you can claim your next level. Oh yeah, all things badass, you know I love it. So you'll hear from Lori here in a second. But first, I gotta ask you, have you left a rating and a review on iTunes yet? I would be so grateful if you love this podcast, if you headed on over to iTunes and left a five-star rating and review. Every single review absolutely counts and it means the world to me. That way, other badasses like you and me can find this podcast. So take a screenshot of it. If you leave a review, I would be so honored if you took a screenshot and send it to me on Instagram, at Ordinary to Badass, so that I can say thank you, because I know that you're busy. All right, let's get to the episode. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass. Whether you're ordinary or badass, I'm so glad you're here. Today's guest is Lori Wallace. Lori, thank you so much for being here. Excited to have you on the show. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Like, it's so much fun already. (laughs) Yeah, it's an honor. (laughs) So before we go any further, I've got to ask you, do you consider yourself ordinary or badass? Oh my gosh. Well, I am the co-founder of the Badass Sleep Club. So I would have to say, like, I consider myself a total badass. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Have you always felt that way? Um, no, definitely not. I know that like a big part of the reason that I started this pursuit to create the Badass Ladies Club was because I did not feel badass and I needed to like step into my badassery, you know, like really embrace it. And um, yeah, my best friend and I were like, maybe we start a club, like maybe we have a podcast, maybe we focus on what it means to be badass in our estimation. Um, and so, yeah, now it's working clearly. It was a good call. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get the courage to do that? Because I know it can be pretty intimidating <sighs> or a big step if you don't know all the steps along the way. So how did you get the courage? You know what? We talked about it for a long, long time. So like so long that it used to be a blog that we wanted to do. And then when podcasting like kind of hit the scene and like gained some momentum, we're both just really chatty and good at talking with each other about big things and several times I would be like we are hysterical we should have a podcast you know (laughs) and so like that was the conversation but honestly like the thing that really kicked it off was we um both work in the salon industry so for 21 years I was a makeup artist and helped grow hairdressers careers behind the chair um and was a corporate educator and in all of those respects um I just knew that I was meant for something else I knew that I was meant for like, my job is so cool, but I was like, I'm meant for more. There's like more in this engine, you know? And when COVID came and it shut down our salon for 10 weeks, um, it really like was that smack in the face you needed where I was like, okay, so we have all of this time. The world's burning down around us, you know, like nobody knows what's going on. I'm not sure that I'll ever be able to do makeup again. You know, like the idea of being in people's faces and we didn't know anything about the virus and so it really lit this fire under both of us that it was time to make this podcast thing a reality um so yeah just having that space and time with yourself where you're like I've always wanted to do something I've always told myself it's what I need to do but I'm not taking the steps why am I not taking the steps um and yeah it was all fear and just like what if we do this and it's 
stupid. You know, like, what if we do this? And everybody's like, oh my gosh, what are they even doing? You know, like the, the judgment and the having to do it messy and we're going to make mistakes and we don't know what we're doing, you know, like, how's that going to work? And um, just one day, the fear of not doing it at all and regretting it was bigger than the fear of just figuring it out one step at a time. So yeah, what happened? Are you still working at the hair salon? I am not actually. Um, it's funny because I had this big goal always of being able to start a business that revolved around what I felt like I was really good at, which was coaching people and helping people see in themselves what I saw in them. And that worked so well with my career in makeup, you know, because I was like painting people's faces and bringing up their confidence level and like helping them fall in love, you know, with this part of themselves again. But it was so much more of that. Like there was an energetic thing that happened when I got to work on people and you'll hear, you know, my business partner, Jessica, say the same thing about doing hair, you know? Um, so yeah, I wanted to make a shift. And that's scary because when you have a successful career, you know, like I did really well in the salon industry. I traveled all over the world. I got to go to fashion week. I got to lead shows. I got to work with huge teams of people and help grow businesses. But I knew it's not what I was supposed to do. You know, like the things that made me so great at that were the things that were going to make me great at really focusing on what is it that we got to heal inside to be able to deserve or feel like we're worthy of stepping into these big ideas on the outside and yeah like I just had to shift from that place where I didn't need a lot of outside validation from other people I needed to be okay with disappointing people that like I respected and I looked up to knowing that like sometimes people put you in a box because what you're doing is serving them yeah and when you follow your own path you're serving yourself and that that is really difficult because as humans, like we want to keep the people that are helping us close, you know? And I really had to like decide at one point, it was really about what was best for Laurie. And I needed to quit worrying about what was best for all of these other people in my orbit, you know, that they were going to be able to take care of themselves. And the best thing for them was for me to do what was good for me. Um, And that that is terrifying for a recovering people pleaser and fixer (laughs) like I am, you know, like I, love being the one that you know I made myself invaluable to people around me so they loved me you know like so they would need me and then that also kept me really small and so yeah like really understanding what my motivation is and am I doing things to be liked or to be needed or to be valuable to other people or am I doing things because it like sets my soul on fire and it's what I know I need to be doing and those are two very different motivations that will get you to very different places. Yes, there's so much power, so much stuff. I loved what you just said. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah. And it was so interesting how you said, like, it kept me small. But also, it's interesting because it's easy to put it on other people, but we also have our own role in it. And we might not realize yeah. it. We just think we're like people pleasing or we're keeping everybody happy. But it really could come at your own. I don't want to say demise. That sounds a little bit dark, but. <laughs> well, demise totally, but also. Like, I'm always quick to point out, it's not like going that direction didn't get me lots of wonderful things, you know, like, um, but I just needed all of those things to validate who I was. And when I didn't need that anymore, and I could validate myself, and I could like inspire myself and tell myself like, yeah, you can do this. Of course, it's crazy. No, it doesn't make logical sense. Who cares? Like you're the one that gets to decide what makes sense and what's possible and what you're capable of. And that that is something that um, for where I'm at anyway, you know, like I'm 43 years old. I was not brought up in that time where like, yeah, you could do anything, but only if it meant like you went to a college, you got a degree, you got a steady job, you have a retirement account, you have all these things, you know, like doing things the right way or the safe way is the way I was taught. But that was a very long time ago. And the world is different now, you know, and learning how to roll with things that are changing and different is what's afforded me every amazing opportunity that I've had up to this point. And so I'm real grateful for these times where, you know, like playing small isn't always the track to doom like that, you know, like sometimes you're just doing the best that you can. And, you know, talking about survival mode, like all humans have, were like operating out of this parasympathetic, you know, like survival mode over the last couple of years that 
I know I can feel such a shift in myself between like, now I'm not just trying to survive. Now I'm like in the flow with what it means to thrive. And that that is, like I said, because it comes from a totally different place, you get totally different results. Um, so one's good, but the other is so much better for sure. <laughs> That's so good. And I imagine that so much confidence probably came from, you know, kind of taking back your own voice and doing what you wanted to do as opposed to what everybody else wanted you to do. Yes, because, and that's the other part is like, sometimes I think when you think about like what everybody else wants you to do, that that kind of gets a bad rap where people are like, oh, that's so mean. They're like limiting you or whatever. Ever, most of the, what everybody else wanted me to do they were just coming from their own fear and insecurity, you know, like it was not because they didn't love me. It was because they loved me and were trying to keep me safe, you know, like, or they didn't want to see me get in over my head or they didn't want me to be disappointed if I reached too high and didn't achieve it, you know, like, and as much as I appreciate and love that and think that it's beautiful, I got me like, (laughs) don't you worry. Like I got me. And so much of this, like stepping into your badass mentality is that, you know, like you go back to the like insecure Laurie, you know, like the Laurie that usually is a lot younger. I know mine is like between about 11 and 15 years old, you know, like that Laurie. And I just go to her and I'm like, girl, I've got you. Like things are about to get so amazing. And I know that you're scared and I know that this feels really unfamiliar and that you want to be the cool kid and that you want everybody to like your decisions and what you're doing. But don't worry, like I got this. And encouraging those parts of myself that feel so insecure, you know, or that, you know, it happens all the time. Like I'll put something out on social media or I'll like send a bunch of offers out to people in my text messages, or I'll email a bunch of people what I have available and I'll be so excited about it and I'll put it all out. And then after it's gone, I'm like, Oh my God, what did I just do? Like, it's so, and I have that like immediate response of like the, Oh, what? And that that's just that girl, you know, like it never goes away. You just get better at loving that part of yourself and being really, really gentle with that part of yourself and coaching yourself out of it Um, until you make a new story, you know? And then after a while, as soon as you figure that story out, there will be some other weird insecurity that comes up that you have to deal with, you know? Like, it'll never stop. You just get stronger and better at it. It's like a game of whack-a-mole, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. That's exactly what it's like. I love that game. (laughs) (laughs) So I know we've already heard a little bit. Will you tell us a little bit about yourself and about the Badass Ladies Club? Yes. So the Badass Ladies Club is a podcast. We're available on Apple and Spotify and all the places you get your podcasts. The podcast is really centered around healing and how badass it is to heal. Because, you know, like when I grew up and you heard about like people healing or doing the inner work and that kind of stuff, it just seemed really weak and, you know, like not like fun or inspiring or awesome like it just seems like really intense and yeah like weak and so the more that we started to work on our own healing journeys we were like this shit is not for sissies okay like this is for hardcore people that are like badass you know doing the work um and so yeah we created the badass ladies club around that I am an intuitive healer and coach. So I work with people in different energy centers to help remove these like energetic and traumatic blocks in your system to help you move forward. And all of these healing sessions that I do one-to-one, I do on Zoom. So it's really cool because, you know, like a lot of the times when we think about working on our own internal stuff or working on healing old wounds, we have to invest all this money going through a program or going somewhere and being with somebody and doing all that internal work. But I love empowering women to remember who the F you are, you know, and (laughs) get you really in touch with your inner voice and your inner guidance and learning how to hear that. And then learning how to act from that place. And that all of that work, you don't really need anybody else involved, you know, like once I can get you connected to that inner guidance and you hear it and you feel it and you know how to get to it yourself, you don't need me or anybody anymore, you know, like you've got the tools. And so I love doing the one-to-one intuitive healing um, because it made all the difference for me, you know, like, and I tend to be one of those people that like acts really fast once I get my head wrapped around something. But it was like a light switch came on once I reconnected to my guidance, you know, and 
amazing how many years I had been functioning without it there, you know, like just pushing it away and being like, no, it's not convenient now, or no, we have these things to do, you know, like my ego was definitely driving the train, you know? Um, And so, yeah, I just know that that is the secret to doing that. So this idea of like working in intuitive healing, having the podcast available for people that are wanting to learn more about some of these modalities. And then we also host um, healing retreats all over the world. So we're going to do a Costa Rica healing retreat that's six nights, no, five nights, six days, where we're going to focus on things like breath work and daily yoga. There's going to be lots of one-to-one intuitive healing sessions. And then just really like connecting to nature is such a soothing part of hearing your own inner guidance. And so the whole idea around Badass Ladies Club and what we're doing is that we want to have free offerings like the podcast. Okay, like everybody is entitled to healing, no matter what you have to invest. Mm. If you want to come to like a workshop with us, then we've got a lot of local workshops in the Dallas-Fort Worth area where we live that are a little bit more money. If you want to do one-to-one healing sessions virtually, you can do that with myself or with Jessica, you know, like that's a little bit of money. If you want to drop and throw down and you're ready to commit to the universe that your healing is a priority and you've got the time and space for it, then you can come to Costa Rica with us and we'll do it for a week, you know, like where we customize the whole experience for you. So there's all these levels of ways that you can participate in growing your own healing because that's how both of us did it. You know, like we started listening to free podcasts and YouTube channels and just inundating ourselves with all the content we could that was going to help us get to the next level until we were able to incrementally start to invest the money's one thing, you know, like I know for me, I'm really, I was really cheap. I'm not like that anymore. But the idea of investing money just in myself seemed really selfish and wrong. And that there were other priorities or I needed to do this first or I needed to do that first. But deciding to invest thousands of dollars in coaches and courses for myself was like this line in the sand where I was like, if that's not the best investment ever, I don't know what is. Like if it makes me better and I can do more things and achieve greater things, the money is 100% worth it. But for other people, sometimes it's the time. You know, like, do I have the time to focus on myself one hour a week for the next six weeks? Do I have the time to take six days off and go on a trip, you know, and be away from my work and my family and all these things? Like, sometimes you have to make time to focus on what you need and like reconnecting to what you need. And then all that other stuff moves around your decision. You know, like you're the one in the driver's seat. You're the one that gets to decide if you have the money or the time. The universe will adjust, you know, like around your decisions. So we want to empower that on lots of different levels. And it's kind of like the old saying, like if you don't make time or you don't make a decision, then somebody else or the universe will make it for you, you know, so be intentional about what you want or what your priorities are. Yeah, a hundred percent. It also, the power of like looking forward to something is really fantastic. And that is, I know, like when I'm talking about my favorite content offerings, like I know when all my favorite podcasts come out. And so I'm like, Oh, it's almost that time of week, you know, like I kind of have my routine worked around it. Or when we're talking about like um, workshops this Sunday, we're doing an art immersion healing, where it's like 50% meditation, 50% painting and art therapy, where, you know, a lot of times when you're having big feelings and emotions, you like eat your feelings or you drink feelings or you sleep your feelings you know we're gonna like paint our feelings on Sunday and that's what the whole workshop is about so like that is so fun I still look forward to doing that you know like that's totally not work um and then yeah like obviously the bigger retreats and going to the beach to Costa Rica and showing people how to do low tide meditations and doing sunrise yoga and when afternoon naps in the rain like there's all of these things that I'm like oh my gosh does this really work because this is what I get to do with people (laughs) and it's changing all our lives like it's so so fun yes and then it's like it sounds like just one thing leads to another thing and then just kind of opens up your creativity and it just leads to things that you didn't even realize were possible all the time um but I'll also say like there's also some things that we've tried that were not it you know or some things that we tried and I was like okay that was cool but that's the not right now you know um because you know in respect to having a day job and then going like into being an entrepreneur and having all of these ideas and all of these things that we want to do that it really lends itself to you cannot be scared to try these new things and then decide 
if all, if all I got out of it was that I know I don't want to do it again, that's something, you know, like that guidance, that's pointing me in a different direction. And that if you don't, if you're too, like, I know in the past, I was always too scared to like put the energy and effort behind things. If I, and then if I decided I didn't like it or it didn't work out, it was a failure, you know, and I, and it was like confirmation that I shouldn't be doing this and I'll just go get a job again, you know, like, and that is, I look at that so differently now where I'm like, okay, thank you universe for showing me like, this is not my path or that this is just not what I'm excited about right now. If it, doesn't feel amazing in my body and I don't have all this exciting energy behind doing it that is just my cue that that's the wrong direction to go and you know some people have this idea that like work has to be hard you have to work hard for money you have to do things you don't want to do and I do not believe that anymore like if if, if I'm not freight train style like 110 percent into it it's just not the way you know and um, and that is serving me really well right now. Yes. So can we dig into that a little bit, like how you would fail or think that you were a failure and then how you yeah. switch that now? Totally. Like, I mean, hardships are so interesting because I know that for me, when I first jumped out of the day job, I had this idea of like, okay, so this is how much money I used to make. And I was, I was on a schedule, you know, like I got paid every two weeks and I made X number of dollars and I would, on this paycheck, I would pay the mortgage and on this paycheck, I'd pay off the credit card bill and on this paycheck, I'd do that, you know, and like I had everything down to the science. Well, when I stopped working and the steady paychecks went away, well, everything kind of shifts in your financial world. And I know like the first couple of months that I did that, I didn't make money the same way I was used to. So I'd get to the first missed paycheck and I wouldn't have made that much money. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, oh my God, okay, so I can't pay off the credit card bill when I'm used to paying off the credit card bill. And that felt like such a failure, you know, like, and I had all of this like really big energy behind the idea that I was at least going to cover this amount of money by then. And that that failure was this redirection to, you don't make money every two weeks anymore, Laurie. Now you make money every day. It may not be as much money as you may, you know, like in one verse before, And the credit card bill isn't really due for another two weeks, you know? And so like, it was this whole idea of like stretching my perspective a little bit on what it means to earn what you need by the time that you need it. And to have this infinite trust that I was called to move this direction. The universe would not have led me in this direction if what it meant was for me to fail financially. So I have to fall into this trust and this groove that when things aren't working and I'm trying to force it, that just means I need to get out of whatever energetic flow I'm in. Time to go for a walk. It's time to take a nap. You know, like it's time to get something to eat or to drink 10 ounces of water or to do something else that's going to help me move into my flow. Sometimes it's, it's like, I need to go get in the shower, you know, and just like water right over me kind of thing. Like, and listening to these cues of how do I feel right now in my body? And when that panic happens, thinking about the things that are going to help me redirect and feel good. And that those hardships came at times where I was in that, you know, we talked about being in uh, like in this fight or flight mode in this defense of this, Oh my God, I'm panicking mode. And that anytime I hit a hardship or you know what, another really good example, I had a workshop a couple of weeks ago. I didn't sell one ticket for so excited to do it, you know, like put Mm -hmm. it out to everybody. Lots of people were like, yeah, so great. Nobody bought a ticket. Um, and I cried. Okay. Like I laid on the couch for a minute and cried about it when it came time for it and didn't do it. And then it felt like such a failure and I needed a freaking day off, you know, like I needed the time more than I needed the book workshop. Um, and my workshop the next week sold out and it was fine. You know, like it wasn't so like, I am really quick to have this, I'm a cancer, you know, like I'm emotional. I got to get the emotions out, you know, like I got to feel the dark night of the soul. But anytime, like I hit this huge plummet on a hardship, inevitably the spike is coming on the other end of it. You know, like it's, there's always, it's always the darkest before the light. Like it's so annoying how true some of these cliches are um, <laughs> because I just have to tread water through the, and again like going back to that 11 to 15 year old Laurie and telling her like it's okay that nobody came to your birthday party (laughs) you know like it's cool that you didn't get chosen to be in the cool club because now 
you can feel those feelings. You can rescue yourself. You can validate yourself. And you're the co-founder of the freaking Badass Ladies Club. Like, get up and go on. And it's just a constant ebb and flow through the dark time and then holding on because you know that the light's on the other side. And I think that there's so much power in that. And there's so much power in like looking at your thoughts and reflecting on them. You don't even have to judge them. You don't have to do anything, but just knowing that they're there and just seeing them. And I'm going to tell you, I am only recently like getting better at this, but I'm not great by any means, but I'm like, wow, that feels good. You know, like it just, it's not to get so wrapped up because our mind can be drama sometimes. (laughs) All the time. Like (laughs) it's just the way that we're wired. Yeah. We've been conditioned to believe this. And I'm quick to remind myself, like it took me decades to get into those mindsets. So it's okay that I have moments. Everybody has moments. It's just about what you do with your energy the majority of the time. And, you know, like there's so many uh, scientific studies to back up the neuroplasticity of your brain and how you actually rewire your brain to move into these higher states of being able to draw goodness to you. And it all starts with your thoughts. You know, like, and that you can choose those thoughts, but you got to be aware of them in the first place. So every thought is two thoughts. If you hit that dark time, you know, and you're feeling that real shame and that real upset about something, what do you want to feel? You know, like just, you got to let go of what's happening now and really focus on how would I like to feel instead and falling into that, like your brain knows no different between you daydreaming about a fancy weekend, you know, at a five-star hotel, eating at, you know, fantastic restaurants and getting massages. And you just sitting on your couch, imagining that like your brain doesn't know the difference. And so take a virtual vacation for a minute, check out from all of this stuff and imagine what it is that you're stepping into and your vibration gets lighter and you start to feel better. And now you're more in the flow of bringing these things to you. Whereas when you were, when I was crying on the couch, you know, like pouting about nobody signing up Mm -hmm. for my workshop. I was not on my path. I was not in the flow. I was only inviting more upset and more shame, you know, like to come to me. And that that's just a practice method. You know, like when things feel like shit, you got to be like, okay, this is not the direction I'm trying to go. Where am I trying to go right now? Yes, totally. So good. Um, So earlier you talked a little bit about your inner voice. Yeah. What can you share? What is the importance of the inner voice and listening to it? And then what is one thing that um, we can do to tap into that a little bit? Yeah. So inner voice has a lot of different names. Um, some people call it your intuition. Some people call it like the little voice inside of you, you know, like some people call it a Holy Spirit. So, you know, like it's whatever it is that connects to you the most. My inner voice, a lot of times I get is what I call like a direct knowing. So I don't know why I want to do this. I just know I want to do it. Or I don't know why the other day I um, was going to go in and buy dog food. But for some reason, I was like, don't go in and buy dog food. You know, like I didn't question why my inner voice didn't want me to go buy dog food. I don't know why it didn't want me to go in there. It doesn't matter. I could, I got dog food the next day. You know, like you just have to, these little instincts that happen. Um And so learning to trust yourself, I think, is the biggest part of listening to your inner voice and your inner guidance. That voice was put there to guide you to your divine assignment. It's the same voice that's giving you the things you want in your world, your dreams. You know, like if you had your dream life and your dream scenario, your inner voice is what put that there. And every time it speaks to you and tells you where to go, you have a choice to listen or not. So a lot of times where my inner voice was guiding me towards this idea that I was an entrepreneur and that I could create my own business systems, content offerings really quickly. My logical voice was like, you don't have enough experience to do that. You don't have enough money to do that. You need to rely on other people to direct you and guide you in what you do because they know better than you do. They have more experience. They have more money. They have more things, you know? And so I didn't listen to the voice for a really long time because I didn't feel worthy of what it was telling me until I started to shift up out of that. And the ways that I shifted up out of that was that I had guides. 
I had people um, in my life that were willing to hold my hand and remind me who I was and remind me that I wouldn't have the desire if it wasn't something I was supposed to see actually come to fruition. Um, and then help start shifting my beliefs, my stories, my ideas into this new life that I was creating until I had enough confidence that I started to see the results of listening to that inner voice. And then I started to trust it more, even when it's telling me to do crazy things like quit my job, even when it's telling me to do crazy things like step out of this really safe safety net where I have, where everything's really certain and I know exactly what to expect and to like swan dive into the unknown, having no idea what to expect and like riding 100% on faith that this is the right direction to go. And the more that I leave room open for unlimited possibilities, the more I am shown how unlimited my possibilities are, you know? And I was just so sure that I couldn't do it because this other way existed. And I got to change my mind about that. And all of it is by listening to this inner guidance and this inner voice. And I wish I could tell you that it was easier, but it just means you have to get really quiet. It's yeah. not easy, you know, like sitting with yourself and confronting the things that are keeping you from really trusting yourself is super scary and hard. Um, and, you know, my, my husband talks a lot. He's like, is it weird that like you're emotional and you cry a lot sometimes, but you're also like the happiest you've ever been. And I'm like, yes, that is weird. Isn't it? Like, I just feel things on a really intense level now. And I don't run away from my feelings. Like I don't. And I tell people a lot, like I am, uh, I'm all about having like a Friday at 5 PM cocktail but I don't rely on alcohol for validation or as a crutch anymore because now when something like hits me in a delicate place and I'm like, how that hurts. Like I want to dig into that and explore it a little bit more. Um, I've also like super been a victim of eating emotionally, you know, or having like out of control, emotional eating when things are bad or when things are good, you know, like the way that I celebrate was the same way that I would like be sad. And then I don't rely on food like that anymore because when I have the feeling that hits the trigger, like I want to know more about that. And sometimes that means I'm sad and I cry about it, you know, but then on the other side of it, I'm like, wow, way to go, Laurie. That hurt. You felt it. It didn't freaking kill you. And now you can let it go and move on to the next thing. You know, like you can forgive whatever it is, whatever who is, whatever I did, you know, like I can let all of that stuff go. And now we can move on to the next thing and peel back the onion to the next layer because there's always going to be a next layer. <laughs> that is and I'm happier, yeah, than I've ever been, even though I'm weepy a little bit here and there. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that is what's badass is feeling yeah. the feelings, doing the work, because it's easy to just push it aside and be like, nope, I'm tough. I'm, I'm a hard ass or right. I'm a badass, the old version of badass, you know? Um, but it's actually work to like sit with it and feel it. And I think yeah. it makes you stronger on the other side. It definitely makes you stronger. It also, I know one thing that, and it's still sometimes the hardest thing for me is like the more in touch I get with that, the more I realize how much I have like been uncool to other people when they were doing oh, it, you know, like, and it makes you really aware where I was like, oh my gosh, when so-and-so was doing what they needed to do to take care of themselves, like I was a real jerk about that because I wasn't taking care of myself because I saw them doing something, you know, that like served their purpose and not mine. And I took that personally, you know, and it just shines this light on all of these things. And that then when I get to that place, do I beat up on myself about it? Can I show myself compassion that I was like, you just weren't there yet. And can you reach out to these people, you know, that maybe things didn't go so great with at one point in time and have a conversation, have the forgiveness, you know, like have the letting go and learn more about yourself. So then when I'm faced with those challenges in the future, I recognize that in me. If somebody's tripping my trigger, that has everything to do with me and nothing to do with them, you know, and really like being in this evolution of turning it back on yourself um, is freeing in a really interesting way, but it is painful sometimes, you know, like it helps bring up all of your insecurities. Um, it's also how we grow and how we transcend, you know, like into these spaces where we can draw anything we really need to us and we can make these things happen that we're reaching for. Yeah. And I know that it can, that it can feel free and once you do it, 
But I think for somebody who hasn't done it and might feel a little scary or intimidating or heavy, what is like yeah. the first thing they can do? Or if somebody just wants to start dipping their toe and learning about that kind of stuff, what can they do? I mean, the biggest thing that has made a huge difference for me, and I feel like people say this all the time, but I want it to be really broad and roomy, is this idea of getting into a meditation or a meditation practice. And a lot of times when I say meditation, like people immediately tune out and they're like, oh my gosh, it's so painful. It's so hard. You know, like I can't sit still and be quiet. I'm making grocery lists and, you know, my dogs are crazy or whatever the case is. And I love the idea of meditation looking different for everybody. Like everyone has a flow state that they go into. So um, for example, like my husband is not like a sit quiet and, you know, listen to bell style meditator like I am, but he will go on a bike ride because riding his bike is his form of meditation. You know, like he goes into a state in the flow, his brain gets turned off and he's fully present in every moment. Um, and a lot of times for me, like I love sitting outside under trees. Mm. I don't have to focus on being quiet. I don't have to worry about, you know, like my hamster brain going crazy or anything. Like I can sit down on the ground and put my back up against a trunk of a tree and like everything melts away after that. And I can really just like breathe deeply and be present in this moment. And whatever that means to you, like figure out what your flow of meditation is and do that as often as you can. And being quiet and silent and present is the key to getting through some of these bigger concepts, like what's my trauma and why am I overreacting to people about stuff? You know, like that's too meta, you know, bringing it back down to like, can I just get silent with myself and say, why am I upset? Like, why am I upset? What upset me about this situation? And these answers will come through this inner guidance and then this inner voice that you have once you get to a place where you feel really grounded. Um, I'm a big fan of like skin on the earth. Like if you've never done this before, uh, grass is really one of my favorite things. I like sand a lot too, if you're anywhere near like an ocean or a beach. But if you can get your bare feet on the earth and get really quiet, if you're like sun, get somewhere where like the sun is on your face. If you don't like sun, get to a really shady spot and just feel like you'll feel the gravitational pull of the earth. The gravity's holding you down, you know, like you're part of this whole big, beautiful thing. When you get connected with your feet on the ground like that, all the answers are inside of you. And that's the best practice I have. It can take three minutes you can do it for three hours, you know, like it's all about what you have available, but getting barefoot outside on the earth and getting really quiet is probably one of the biggest like life-saving tactics that I started with. And I don't know if you experienced this, but when I first got into meditating, it's like, I would go to just sit outside and be outside. And then I would get like, Oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. Mm. And then, so it's like, I had to force myself sit down for five minutes or 10 minutes just to, you know, to get in the habit of doing it, but it's easy mm -hmm. to, in the beginning, like I love doing it now, but in the right. beginning, I think of like all the different things that I would have to do. <laughs> yes. Well, and I have like, also a lot of the people that I work with are really busy and like by really busy. I mean, like one of my clients is a mom who works four days a week and has four children. Like, she busy she doesn't have the flexibility that I have to be like oh, I'm gonna have this routine every morning for what you know like it's just not feasible um and she meditates like when she pees she's like everybody's gotta go to the bathroom you know like I've always got it like 90 seconds four times a day that's when I'll do it you know and and I think wow like that's insane commitment to be like, I only have another 10 or 15 seconds, but I'm just going to drop in and connect right now for those 10 or 15 seconds. You know, some people do it in their cars. Like when they get home at night and they know they're about to walk in after work and like all the things that happen when you walk in the door after work happen and you just don't do it. And then you're so exhausted, you pass out. Like, but leaning back in your car and setting your timer for five minutes and just connecting for that moment is okay. You know, and I don't know. Like, I also feel really open and free around times of day. Like usually people are like, you should meditate first thing in the morning. And I'm like, I don't always feel like it first thing in the morning. Like I want coffee. So sometimes I don't meditate for two hours after I wake up. And it's part of like my 
okay, so I'm going to get in the shower, but before I get in the shower, I'm going to meditate for five minutes. And meditation might not look like sitting still in the dark. It may look like checking out the bark on the tree or, you know, watching a flower try to bloom or do, there's just so many things that you can do that are going to reconnect you that only take minutes. It does not have to take long. It doesn't have to be organized. It definitely does not have to look like other people do it. If you put out an intention that you're trying to find your way to meditation so you can hear your inner voice, you'll be guided. And you'll be guided to something that you didn't even think about with a meditative state. And you'll realize, oh my God, this is my thing. And do more of that. You know, like you're going to find your own unique way, especially if you're asking for guidance. Yeah. And that's so interesting because I completely forgot until you mentioned it. Like years ago, I used to like, it, it wasn't technically meditation, but like on my way to work, I would look at all the things and try to notice the things I hadn't noticed before. Like, yeah. oh, look at the mountain, look at the flag, look at this, like, that's so beautiful. That's so cool, you know, and still yes. like connecting to something. Um, I, I love that you brought this up because like cloud meditations are some of my favorite things where if I'm a passenger in a car on a long road trip, like I'll just appreciate how amazing the clouds are and the color of the sky or appreciating how green everything is after it rains. Like appreciating, I've been really big on this kick of like, I can go to the grocery store and buy whatever I want. Like how freaking amazing is that? You know, like that is something that the vast majority of the people around the world either don't have access for or have to like, can't afford to just like walk in and buy what they want. And I can do that. And that is amazing. You know, like yeah. the, and gratitude practice, practices are kind of like meditation where like sometimes when you talk about it people's eyes glass over and they're like whatever be grateful you know it's not like yeah when you're grateful you see things that you have and it makes you grateful for having them and that's one part of it but that's honestly not the reason to do it the reason to do it is because it puts you in the frequency of being able to receive more so when you're excited about the things that you already have, it's raising your vibration. And now there's all these possibilities you couldn't even see before. These insane ideas for ways that you can make it happen come to you. The people that you need to help you pull it off show up in your path. Like being in that flow of recognizing the beautiful, amazing things that you have all around you already puts you in that frequency. And so if it, you're doing it from 100% selfish reason, do it for that reason, you know, like because... <laughs> You cannot get there unless you're noticing what it is that you already have that's fantastic and amazing. And none of that costs a dollar. And you can appreciate all of those things with zero dollars in your bank account in foreclosure with your car repossessed. You can still do that, you know? Like, and so you just got to decide like what kind of energy am I playing with right now? Yes. And I only recently heard about something like that, like um, how much opportunities we're passing up on or we're missing. Mm. And I know that I have done it, you know, like you're just in your own head, in your own way. And you miss all of these things that are literally right in front of your eyes. <laughs> totally. Well, and if you think about like energy is a really interesting thing, like energy is absolutely everything. And there is no difference between earning $5 and earning $500,000. Where are you vibrating? You know, like people that turn nothing into hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars have a really high frequency and vibration. And if they don't, they lose that money as fast as they get it because they don't feel worthy of it. They don't trust themselves with it. They're worried it's going to go away. You know, like you have to vibrate in this place of true knowing that this is your divine assignment. And of course, you're supposed to have everything you desire. And you wouldn't have the desire if it wasn't your divine assignment in the first place. And these thoughts and feelings feed each other until you shift up. And it's so amazing how it is like turning on a light switch. Like before you were just fumbling around in the dark, but now you can see exactly where to go to get the things that you want. They come to you because they must. It's like a universal law, like anything else. Yeah. And I, I just think it's a form of self-love, really. It's taking oh my, care of yeah. yourself, healing yourself, doing the things, you know, to really get in touch with your voice. A hundred percent. It's also a journey, you know, like I'm a lot better at it now than I was a year ago. And I can look at things, hardships or things that didn't work out the way I've wanted them to over the last year. And now from a distance, I can see where my vibration wasn't on point to get to some of these places I wanted to go but that doesn't mean I quit working on my vibration. 
that means that I go further all in, you know, because I can see the incremental differences that it's making. Um, so yeah, like it's a, you got to trust yourself and you got to be willing to continue to do the work. And as you peel back the layers, the work gets more intense, but so do the rewards. Yeah. You know, like, so does the result of the work that you're doing. And I think it, it's so, it's so interesting because as kids, we expect kids or as a kid, we all were like, ride a bike, do it scared. You're good. You're going to power yeah. through it. And then like, as adults, we, we don't think we should have any trials or tribulations. You know, we just think it should all be easy. <laughs> right. Well, and it was kind of like I was talking about before with the job that I did prior, like I was really good at that job. And I was well respected in that job. And I had a huge network with it. And things were, you know, like, so it's not like I was coming out of this really dark, terrible, bad place. Um, and it was okay for me to ask for more. And in old school thinking, everybody was like, but you have a steady paycheck and you do well and you guys go on vacations and you have a house and you have like, what are you thinking? You want more? Like, just be happy with what you have. You have so much, you know? And they were right. I had so much and it's okay for me to want more. And it's okay for me to want it to feel amazing a hundred percent of the time. And it's okay for me to reach for that ideal, but I had to be willing to step up and into that level and then start to do the work. So I believed it. And so I had the worthiness and I had the self worth to become that person. Um, and that is not easy. You know, when all you've been taught is you should, sit down and be quiet and be grateful for what you have and don't reach for anything higher. Um, and especially as women, you know, like so often, I know I had a lot of work to do to get through this like good girl, bad girl complex um, where if the good girls are polite and they take what's given to them and they're thankful for it and they don't ask questions and they don't challenge authority and they don't do in like everything about what I've been doing is having to break down this idea that that makes me hard to work with. That makes me egotistical. That makes me a difficult woman or crazy, or she talks too much or whatever, you know, like, and none of those things are my truth. You know, like I get to decide what those things are and I got to let go of all of these ideas that have, I've been indoctrinated to. It's not anybody's fault, you know, like it's just part of the hardship that I've got to overcome, you know, and reprogram my thinking and reprogram my ideas of what's possible. Yes. I would even say it's not anybody's fault. However, it's up to all of us to like raise the bar, to raise the level, you know, or if we want things to change for females, for women, like let's, let's be the change. Let's start doing it. hundred percent. And I will totally shout out that a big part of my transformation in the recent years has been because I read untamed by Glennon Doyle and I was like oh my god like she's amazing and she's right like what am I doing with my life right now you know and so it was by watching other women step into their greatness and tell their stories and then you know I got to this point where I was like I need teachers I need people who are going to show me the way and help teach me the tools that I need to get where I want to go and then before I knew it teachers started to appear in my life and they just like fell into my lap and they were offering courses and classes to learn the things that I wanted to learn how to do. And they were in my city, you know, like it was right. It was convenient. I became friends with these people. We started working together, like just so many synchronicities when I put it out there. So I would not have had the courage to step out of this space where I was if I wasn't watching other women do the same thing and them cheering me on and encouraging me that I could do it and that I was meant for more and that it was okay to go through this process to the point where I got so inspired and I was seeing such magnificent results in my own life for it that I was like, okay, so yeah, this is what I want to do now is help other women step into that space. So it's, we all raise the tide for each other, you know, and by doing the work ourselves, we inspire other people to want to do their own work. And that is really the true nature of the calling and what it's all about. All that other stuff, the success and the money and all of that fall into place when you're really in touch with why you're doing it. And I'm in touch with doing it because I want to do for other people what was done for me that's made me so happy. Yes, so good. And like Lori said, surround yourself with other badass women, badass mm -hmm. people that can help you raise up or they can see in you what you can't see for yourself. So, so good. 
Lori, let's end with a tip to encourage women who are in the arena fighting for the life that they want. All right. So my first tip for ladies that are in the arena that are really trying to do the work right now is to set a really clear intention. And intentions we hear a lot about, but like an intention is also like a prayer or a goal. Okay. Like think about it. Like what are you commanding the universe to do with you? You are a powerful co-creator. What is your intention? Write it down, create mantras about it, write it on post-it notes and stick it in your car, you know, like have a really clear, strong intention and be specific about what it is that you want and then focus exclusively on that. And that's my tip, you know, like I know the mantra that really Gerald is money never runs out. And I do have it written on post-it notes all over the place. They're in my car. They're on my bathroom mirror. They're on my laptop right now. You know, like money never runs out. Like that it is a renewable resource. I didn't believe that when I created that mantra, but I see it so much. And I tell myself that so many times when I feel nervous or when things aren't going my way that I've reprogrammed my brain to the point where I do believe that. And guess what? It is totally freaking true right now. You know, like I'm living the results. So Set your intention, get really clear, and then put it everywhere in your visual field until you start to remember it. So good. I love that. Lori, how can we connect with you? You can connect with me at the Badass Ladies Club. Like I said, we're on Apple or Spotify or anywhere that you get your podcasts. Um, I am at Lori in the Sky with Guidance on Instagram. My name is spelled L-A-W-R-I-E, so it's a little bit different than other Lori's that you might see. Um, so yeah, hit us up at the Badass Ladies Club. We're on all the socials on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, like you name it. Come on over, treat, listen to a podcast. Let's do a one-to-one healing session. Like I want to meet everybody. <laughs> Love it. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed hearing your story. You're a total badass. Oh, thanks. I feel so good. Thanks for having me. And with that, we'll end our show. To all the badass women out there staying in the arena, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, own it and get after it. Now that you've listened to this episode of Ordinary to Badass, we want to hear from you. Go to our website, ordinarytobadass.com slash podcast and submit your own experience on how you took your life from ordinary to badass and get the chance to be on a future spotlight episode of the show. That's ordinarytobadass.com forward slash podcast. While you're waiting for the next episode of the show, wipe off the sweat, dust off the dirt, and get back in the arena.